0: to the wild wild west a state that's untouchable like elliot nest the track it's your eardrum like a slug to your chest like a vest for your jimmy in the city of sex we in that sunshine state
1: it is week 11 dfs mvp holder kushner tj hernandez who is 444.com's director of dfs before we get into the week 11 plays in our game theory segment today tj come on we all know what we're listening to right now one of the great old school hip-hop songs ever
0: one of the classics of all the classics we've had on here uh california love from tupac uh maybe his most famous album of all time all eyes on me that dropped in 1996 and of course you could find California love intro along with all of the intros to the DFS MVP podcast on our DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Just go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, or you can look it up on my Twitter at TJ Hernandez. I'm always tweeting out the link to the podcast as well as that Spotify playlist. Before we get into everything today, sports bettors, if you want to be a winning NFL bettor, you can get weekly selections from NFL sharp James Salinas, the most successful super contest winner of all time just fit, just visit sharpangleSports.com you'll start winning today and DFS players fantasy draft is the only rake free daily fantasy site and they have a $250,000 guaranteed rake free contest this week the Hooters main event the largest and only rake free contest of its kind only on fantasy draft are 100% of entry fees paid to contest winners sign up at fantasydraft.com with promo code 444 that's the number 4 f o r the number 4 and you'll get a free 7-day trial membership. All right, so here's what we got this week. We got our week
1: 11 core plays on DraftKings and FanDuel. We got some recent trends too mm-hmm. for our game theory segment which I I glanced at and I thought it's really really good um segment. We're going to do offensive trends, target share trends, touch share trends, all the good stuff that you need. But before we do that, Let's continue and go here uh sign up now with code dfs mvp you're gonna get 25 off the dfs sub only and then we got the rate review t-shirt giveaway what's up with that tj
0: uh every week if you leave us a five-star review we'll automatically enter your name to be entered to win some free four for four swag this week td davis 92 left us a really nice review so td davis 92 Hit me up on Twitter at TJ Hernandez, and I'll get you the details on how to get hooked up with that swag. If you want to get your name entered into that contest, just make sure you leave us a five-star review right now. Stop listening and just leave a review.
1: Do it, and then hit play again. Actually, go back and listen on a different server so we can get another hit. That's the way to <laughs> yeah. do it. See, I got the fluid. I haven't lost my sense of humor. Wonderful. Uh, so we're going to go down the main slate, FanDuel, DraftKings, and then our game theory, and we'll just start at quarterback I mean, how do you not pay up for Lamar Jackson at this point? 8,800 FanDuel, 7,700 DraftKings. He's uh, number eight in rushing fantasy points per game out of all running backs. He's number eight. He's a running back one. He's the quarterback one. And I got to love him this week against Houston, too.
0: This should be a fun game. Yeah, we got to love him uh pretty much every week at this point. It seems like uh as long as he's on the main slate, he's coming out as our as our top value um on both FanDuel and DraftKings. It's I mean just because of how he scores points in so many different ways, obviously a lot of that on the ground. He just he's just being projected so much higher um than than any of the other quarterbacks. So like just looking at FanDuel, like he's he's seven hundred dollars more than Dak, so he's like roughly ten percent more uh in salary but we have him projected for four more points so like a twenty percent higher projection so the, that's why uh the difference there you just see him even though his salary climbs his value stays um on par and this week uh, is as good as any as you mentioned uh, against uh houston texans one thing that Uh, We're obviously looking for is uh, you want your quarterback to not just score points, but keep scoring points throughout the game. And one way we often see that is when we have uh, opposing passing aims that are stronger, just opposing quarterbacks that are very efficient. Uh, Last week, I tweeted out a stat uh, looking at all the 300 Yard games this season. Something like 43% of those games had came from quarterbacks that face off against each other, so it's just <laughs> kind of evidence there that uh, they're feeding off each other, and obviously with Lamar uh, and Deshaun Watson here, you could you could really take either side of it, but Baltimore, they are the team that's favored uh, at home. They do have the higher implied total obviously if they are favored uh, projected for just under 27 points, and with Jackson, I mean of course you get the, the quarterback one scoring But you get the consistency. He's the only player uh, besides Russell Wilson that scored at least 14 DraftKings or Fanduel points in every game this season among quarterbacks. And the matchup is uh, better on Lamar's side. Houston bottom 10 if we adjust for strength of schedule against quarterbacks. But they ranked 11th against running backs. So we have a, uh, a little bit of a passing funnel on that Houston defense. And over the last six weeks, they've actually allowed the six most fantasy points per pass attempt, one of the great efficiency metrics that i look to uh look to each week so uh, a a lot of great value here with lamar jackson up top you know his game log i was
1: just checking this out in standard so it would be Fanduel. and then you got bonuses on DraftKings. Mm -hmm. i think it's better than patrick mahomes last year and think about how great mahomes was but yeah i mean he this year jackson's 33 and a half 30 then he's got a couple in the 20s got a clunker 11. 30, 23, 28, 33. Like every week, if you haven't been season long, you're rolling. You got him in DFS. He's just giving you a leg up over everyone. Now, what I hope doesn't happen is what happens to Mahomes last year where you know, it was last four games. He did nice in the championship week mm-hmm. and in week 16, but 21, 18, 28, 17. Just keep rolling, Lamar Jackson. Just give us 30 points every week, and I really think it's possible. This is this year's Patrick Mahomes, and I think he's a little bit better fantasy-wise.
0: I mean especially DFS wise like la- the the good thing we've seen with Jackson this year is uh, he unlike Mahomes last year like Mahomes was priced up so high above everybody that like you you still weren't even even though Mahomes was going nuts he wasn't in that many GPP winning lineups where it seems like Jackson is always in the top 10 at least some of the top 10 lineups we saw him in winning lineups last week like he's even though he's expensive and like one of the famous things that we've often went to but this year has been a, a, an exception because of players like jackson is trying not to pay up for quarterback but paying up for quarterback's been working this year yeah and just one last thing on jackson that spin move
1: last week the most oh my god yeah but here's the thing like after the game i was listening to his press conference he said he practiced the spin move in walkthrough. through <laughs> it's preposterous he practiced that. That's pretty. He's like, they hate me because I jogged her and walked through and then breaking the rules. I'm like, dude, you're doing just fine. Don't worry about what you're doing. Uh, Moving on to our number two quarterback here, Dak Prescott, 8,100 FanDuel, 6,700 DraftKings. He's taking on a Detroit team on the road, and they got a pretty nice implied total to the Cowboys this week.
0: Yeah, over 27. Uh, they're favored by three. That game has a total just under 52 right now. So again, I I like this game, not just because Dak's been efficient and because Detroit's been bad, but uh, we have two quarterbacks that have been very efficient. So with the with the high over under and the relatively low spread, we could have some uh, some shootout potential in this one. Both quarterbacks, uh, top five in the league in fantasy points per pass attempt. Detroit has uh, they've just been bad against pretty much uh, any position really. They're one of two teams that four for four has ranked outside the top twenty in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to every skill position, and that includes a 29th ranking against quarterbacks. Uh, over that last six-week period that I mentioned, the most fantasy points per pass attempt allowed of any defense, even worse than the Raiders, and 19-plus fantasy points allowed <clears throat> in five straight games to opposing quarterbacks. The one thing I really like about uh, Dak this week is one thing that can really wreak havoc on the floor of your quarterback if they aren't a running quarterback like Lamar. Dak will get you a few yards here and there, but he's not going to like average 40 uh is if they can get pressure on that quarterback and and cause some uh some sacks some fumbles some turnovers that could really make things uh get ugly for someone that looks like they're in a good spot. Dallas one of the best offensive lines in the league in terms of pass protection. Second in football outsiders adjusted sack rate. Detroit 25th on defense in adjusted sack rate. So I don't think they'll be getting after Dak this week. All right, so real quick, just dive into the
1: Detroit defense a little bit more because I didn't know they were this bad. Mm-hmm. Okay? I mean, I knew they were this bad as the season went on, but coming into the season, I thought their defense would be greatly improved, but I did too. They stink.
0: Yeah, man. What the hell um, is going on? Yeah, that that I I mean, that secondary has has just been getting roasted. Um their their win loss isn't nearly what we thought it was going to be after a couple games it looked like they might be good. So, not only are teams having the ability to to move the ball against them, um but they're they're getting in bad game script and i i think there's a little bit of a variance here just with how low they're ranked against running backs like teams like the raiders have moved the ball through the air against them and then when they get down there uh they stuffed in some runs so a couple of those like variants towards the run i I think those can obviously slant the numbers a little get a little bit um but just all around um just a defense that they're just in a bad spot all right
1: running back you say it's a pay for running back week Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you this uh I know that there's going to be some major chalk when you and I have the same guy. I think <laughs> yeah. the interesting thing will be what you do with Christian McCaffrey again yep. this week. He was so expensive last week, and he's expensive again, 10-5. But he was the only high-priced running back in the top three or four that at least got 20 points. So yeah. maybe he didn't hit value, but he really helped you. So here's Josh Jacobs, priced all the way up to 8 k on FanDuel, 6900 on DraftKings. Cincinnati's a high school football defense. This... <laughs> On paper, this should be a 100-yard rushing game. Hopefully they throw the ball out of the backfield a couple of times. He gets into the end zone a couple of times. For me, even though he's 8K on FanDuel, I think he's the best value at running back this week.
0: I think so too. Uh, he's the only running back besides McCaffrey that we have rated as a uh, top three value on both sites. Uh, priced down a little bit on DraftKings, but he's still priced as the cube as the, I'm sorry as the RB seven. Um, so uh, priced relatively high, but 6,900 is palatable. Eight thousand dollars is up there, but on FanDuel you can usually uh, you can usually get to that eight thousand price tag pretty comfortably, uh, especially if you have a, a really cheap. Uh, player to plug in, which we do, which we'll talk about later. But you mentioned pay up for running back. We got. I, I was just kind of look. One thing I've I've been doing when I've been building my lineups and kind of getting ready for our podcast, writing content is uh, I, I like to just make my player pool and then generate a bunch of lineups through the four for four lineup generator. Not to look at like the top. Lineup per se, but just kind of look for themes. Um, and one thing that I noticed last week was like no matter no matter how many um, combinations I came up with or like what players I locked, it really seemed like the the optimal thing to do was to pay up for wide receiver. Uh, now it didn't work exactly the way we wanted to. Um, it like the the uh, Mike Evans and the Godwin plays didn't hit, but if you had like Mike Thomas and a Tyreek, um, that paid off. If we looked at the, the Winning uh, lineups we had a, a Couple um, lower Price running backs, so it's just interesting that The theme of of The lineup generator can sometimes Lead you in the right direction and this Week it really is looking to pay up for running back so whether you uh, decide to try to jam in Christian McCaffrey uh, starting with someone like Jacobs is a good idea in a spot where the Raiders are favored by 10 and a half the Raiders have the highest implied point total on the slate I didn't think we would say that in 2019 but they are projected for just under 30 points uh, and jacobs has been pretty much all their offense uh, since the Raiders buy he is sixth in team touch share over the last month since the Raiders came out of that bye uh Raiders rank 7th in neutral uh rush rate, neutral game script rush rate, and Cincinnati like you said, you can attack them pretty much any which way you want, but especially on the ground. Uh 31st in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position.
1: Brutal. Absolutely brutal.
0: So yeah. then we go down $5900 on
1: FanDuel. This is our free square this week. 4800 yep. on DraftKings. Brian Hill going up against Carolina. Brian Hill he has looked like the best player in the atlanta backfield mm-hmm. at least for his, his time last week for uh, freeman went down so this is obviously going to open up some salary for you whether you want to pay up for christian mccaffrey or maybe you want to get jacobs and ezekiel elliott yep. um, there's a lot you can do with brian hill and again this is going to be monster chalk
0: yeah if you um if you want christian mccaffrey you pretty much have to play hill um, if you don't, you you can roster like a few 7K plus running backs on FanDuel or something like that, but he'll just going to open up things uh, everywhere across the board for you, and you're getting a 20-touch a player sub-6,000 on FanDuel, sub-5,000 on DraftKings. Some people might look to that uh, 61 yards on 20 carries last week. I would not be concerned about that. New Orleans is a top-five team against running backs uh, when we adjust for strength of schedule. Now Brian Hill is going to get uh, those 20-plus touches against a Carolina defense. That is the biggest run funnel in the league. They're top-five versus quarterbacks, but they rank 29th versus running backs at least uh one running back or a running back has scored at least 23.7 PPR points in four of the last five games against the Panthers. Uh, Again, going back to that CMC with Brian Hill uh, combination there, some people might be a little wary about playing two running backs in the same game. Um, I, I think you could make the argument, you could definitely make the argument that in tournaments you might be capping your upside, but here, if you, are set on playing cmc i'm not going to avoid brian hill and cash games for that reason it's just a a volume versus price play and uh you just kind of take the risk on game flow i think in cash games on this one if, if you want that combo
1: all right, so there you go, running back. So if you're paying up at running back this week, you're gonna to have to find some value at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And if you jam Christian McCaffrey, and there's no way you're gonna have a good lineup with Michael Thomas too. So you, you got to figure I, out which one. What are you gonna say? There is a way.
0: Oh man, I I think with like Brian Hill, we'll we'll get to this a little bit later. I'm I. This is a punt tight end week for sure for me, and we'll get to that later. Um, there's a couple punt defenses, and with Brian Hill. I, I think you can fit Michael Thomas and Christian McCaffrey because I have made lineups already with three relatively high-priced running backs. So you're just you're basically just going to have two studs and probably not Lamar Jackson. Hold um, on, hold on, hold on. Are you, even on FanDuel you could do that? Because the lowest I could go is
1: 4500 for Kyle Rudolph if Thielen's out again. Okay? So, yeah. I mean, is that what we're talking about here? I still don't understand how you fit him in. Maybe you go bargain basement dumpster diving at defense and then tight end, and then you got to get Thomas and a couple of jabronis.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, the, a couple of jabronis in the dumpster diving at defense is what you have to do. And I, yeah. I do think like there there are a couple of spots where you can just go all the way down at defense. Um, it's going to be hard. It's, it's definitely not going to be my preferred strategy. It's it's most likely either or Thomas or CMC if you're paying all the way up. Um, but Thomas, he, he has to be at least in your player pool just because he's – Obviously the the best fantasy receiver in the game right now Uh, The most consistent fantasy receiver in the game only player with at least 16 DraftKings points in every game at any position And he's facing the worst secondary in the league in Tampa Bay Uh, Talk about Thomas's consistency He's the only player with at least 25% of his team's targets every single week Drew Brees and and the Saints put up a dud last week and Thomas still went over 30 DraftKings points uh tampa bay their last in schedule adjusted points to wide receivers they've they got rid of vernon hargraves so now sean murphy bunting is the weak leak in that secondary assuming whoever comes in for hargraves is an improvement uh murphy bunting eighth most fantasy points per target allowed among week 11 starting cornerbacks and i mean you just have to think that after breeze laid an egg against the falcons that they come back against Tampa Bay, who is a, a very obvious pass funnel, and um, and they make it a point that that was a fluke last week. All right, so there you go,
1: Michael Thomas, uh, DJ Moore, always standing out. Lots of volume there, right? Lots of volume with DJ Moore. Uh, Allen's looking for Samuel in the end zone. Samuel mm-hmm. scored a yeah. touchdown, but I mean, at some point in time, DJ Moore is going double, double touchdown here. The guy is so involved in that offense and. I'm not really going to shy away from Moore and McCaffrey in the same lineup.
0: I don't think so at all, um, just because the the volume Moore has been getting. Like you mentioned, he, he hasn't been getting those end zone looks. Um, I, I think that is a little bit of randomness because he did get quite a few end zone and red zone looks last year. Um, he only has one end zone target this year. Obviously, they're going to push the ball downfield a little bit uh more with Samuel, no pun intended. But uh, DJ Moore, you can't you can't ignore a player that is top three in target share over the last month that you're getting at 6,000 on Fandles, sub-6,000 on DraftKings. Um, Nine-plus targets in those four straight games. <laughs> Atlanta ranks 29th in schedule just fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. DJ Moore is going to be lined up against Isaiah Oliver, uh, who's bottom 10 in fantasy points per target allowed among cornerbacks. Isaiah Oliver's the cornerback that we wanted to target with Michael Thomas last week. Obviously, DJ Moore uh, isn't Michael Thomas, but like I said – Thomas put up that huge week against Isaiah Oliver, despite the rest of the Saints offense looking horrible. Uh, interesting thing about two uh Receivers in this game DJ Moore and Julio Jones they're both in the middle of a four-game streak where they have at least nine targets in each game and No touchdowns in any of those nine targets nine target games since the beginning of 2015 that's only happened ten times only two of those players got to five straight games with nine targets and no touchdowns and only one got to six straight so um, either DJ and, and, and Julio don't get their volume, or I think they break these scoreless streaks, maybe in big fashion on both sides.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at more right now, and I get what you're saying. I actually buy into it. I just think he's so much more valuable on DraftKings. Sure, absolutely. Um, he's probably I mean, he's 5900 on DraftKings and 6k on FanDuel, so he priced up a little bit more on DraftKings, even though he's a hundred dollars less there. Um, bah, 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 courtless Sutton. Don't forget about Cortland Sutton, man, and Noah Fant. So we've got two Denver Broncos here. Cortland Sutton has, uh, no matter who the quarterback is there in Denver, he's he's the number one option. Noah Fant has
0: actually had a, a what, what do you have, one nice game recently? Is he getting yep. the looks? Is he getting enough looks? He he is getting enough looks. I mean, the the Broncos only threw 20 times uh, um, last week or the week. Were they on bio last week? Was it two weeks ago when uh, Brandon Allen made his, his first start? But I just wanted to kind of point out, these guys together uh kind of jump ahead to tight end but i just i like them for kind of the same reason and uh they're both very affordable, obviously. Court and Sutton, sixty-six hundred Fandle, six thousand DraftKings. Uh, Noah Fant, fifty-one hundred Fandle, thirty-seven hundred dollars DraftKings. Uh, I, I I try to stick in this podcast to guys that are really like slam dunk core plays for me, and and, Court and Sutton and Noah Fant uh, usually aren't going to be that, but uh, I I do think it's a week where if we're paying down for pass catchers specifically tight ends, it's a spot where uh you you can because it's such a high variance position because you're paying low prices for pass catchers sometimes it's not bad to go contrarian even in cash games and i I get the feeling that because denver is perceived as a bad offense and they are a bad offense uh going to minnesota is huge underdogs that these two players just going to go sorely overlooked uh in all formats uh there's a lot of, of things that have changed in this Denver offense. Obviously, Brand, Brandon Allen taking over at quarterback, Emmanuel Sanders getting traded. That's going to really uh, throw a wrench in, in season-long numbers when you look at this offense. And we have to just, when that happens, you have to look at smaller sample sizes and kind of take as much information and jump out ahead of it before the field does. And what we saw from Brandon Allen of his 20 throws two weeks ago, uh, 67% of them went to Sutton and Fant, Fant uh, f- uh, 22% Sutton, 44% in that game Again, a small sample, only 20 targets But when that many targets are going to a concentrated, off, uh, a concentrated passing game Like we've talked about before in this podcast If they're really funneling throws to two players uh, Even if they are big underdogs That could be a huge advantage for those pass catchers Maybe even more so in a game where Denver should be forced to throw More than they would like to. Uh, Sutton's, like you said, he's been consistent uh, even before Brandon Allen took over, even before the Emmanuel Sanders trade. Sutton was already taking over that lead target uh, role in this offense, top 10 in target share. Over the last month, only one of seven players with at least 20% of his team's targets in every game over the last uh, six weeks. Fant top six among tight ends in target share over the last month, including 25% of the team targets since the Emmanuel Sanders trade. Uh, Cortland Sutton gets the really good matchup. Against Minnesota, who's twenty seventh when we adjust for strength of schedule against wide receivers matched up against Xavier Rhodes, who is thirteen allowing the thirteenth most fantasy points per target. And then uh, just talking about the the tight end position this week on the on the main slate, we're without Travis Kelsey, we're without Evan Ingram, without Austin Hooper, probably without George Kittle, without Hunter Henry. F- possibly the five best available tight ends aren't on the main slate. If we look at the ones that are available, three of the top four values at four for four are facing defenses that are in the top 10 in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed. Our number four value faces the 11th-ranked defense in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. So if it's going to be this ugly, if our only two high-priced tight ends have really bad matchups, why not just take the spot to punt on a guy in a week where, like, this is a week where one touchdown could make the tight end, the number one tight end. If he gets like four, four for 40 and a touchdown, that could be the best tight end performance of the week. Um, it's just ugly this week. So why not go contrarian and pay down?
1: Uh, one guy that I know, Jennifer Aikens who works with four for four, she threw out Tyler Eifert this week. Sure. He's got a great matchup uh, going up against Oakland. We think that the Bengals are going to be down a lot. So he's been getting a little bit of volume. Um, not enough, but he did find the end zone a couple weeks ago uh let's see ryan griffin how about ryan griffin with uh chris herndon oh thank you very much for being high on chris i'm talking to myself for being high on chris herndon all year i'm so glad that
0: oh no he was one of my best ball buys out. too i don't Ugh. you don't want to look at my best ball teams but i'm not i'm not touching i'm not touching that um washington uh new york game we'll not even to, going you'll there. see why okay and then i think
1: kyle, i'm just to throw uh, kyle rudolph out there in case if Thielen is out again um, yes, absolutely. You um, know, I, th- I think Rudolph's in play. He's had a couple of really good weeks the last two weeks.
0: He's I mean, and even even when his his targets are down, uh, he's just been one of the most consistent red zone targets in the league over the past three years. His numbers have been up there with um, with Kelsey and Ertz in terms of red zone targets. It's just the the Vikings are going to be in a position where they're big home favorites. That's an overlooked aspect for tight ends. Um, Yeah. So those are guys that I'm fine. I'm fine looking at like, yeah, like get, if you're going to get cute this week, get cute at tight end. All right. Defense. Speaking of Kyle Rudolph, how about his
1: Vikings defense taking on Denver? Brandon Allen. Um, I mean, now there's a little bit of film on him. Obviously, their offensive line is a disaster. All they ever talk about here in Denver is how bad the offensive line is here. Garrett Bowles is the worst offensive lineman ever, and da-da-da-da-da. Well, if you're going to pay up $4,700, that's a steep price for
0: the Vikings, $3,400 DraftKings. Yep. Um, it's it's expensive, but we have a lot of high price defenses this week uh, Vikings are one of three teams that are favored by double digits um, They're coming at a slight discount to to the other big favorites or even smaller favorites So despite that high price tag five defenses priced ahead of them on Fanduel, four defenses priced ahead of them on DraftKings uh, again Brandon Allen, he, he looked decent in his first start, two touchdowns on 20 attempts. I, I don't think he had an interception, but again, throwing behind that that bad offensive line facing a Minnesota defense that's top four in football outsiders, adjusted sack rate. And like just highlighting this right here, this is a perfect example of understanding how, how fantasy scoring works and, and how game flow is going to affect the fantasy scoring. Some people might look at Suggestions that you like Cortland Sutton you like Noah Fant that means you should like Brandon Allen Well, no Vikings can go in there get a bunch of sacks on Brandon Allen get a pick six uh, Get it, uh, you know, just make him have a horrible day but if you know if 18 of his 20 completions are, are to Sutton and Fant um, uh, on a PPR site. And one of them finds the end zone. Those guys are having huge days and, and Brandon Allen's still having a horrible day and the Vikings are still looking great. So again, that's, that's why I point out guys like Sutton and Fant when it looks like we're going to have an uber concentrated target share. Yep. I got you. I'm not going to say this
1: next one. I, you know what? I'll do it. I'll hold my nose. Red skids. 4,000 Fanduel, 2,800 DraftKings. What a debacle this game is going to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about, the Redskins defense. Cause mm-hmm. I could see Dwayne Haskins throwing a couple of pick six.
0: Yeah, for sure. The, I mean, this is one uh, we've had so many of these games with, with teams like the Redskins, like the dolphins, like the jets, when they face off against each other. And I think they've all played each other now, which is horrible uh, football. <laughs> but um, when you have, when you have these teams that are equally bad on defense, as they are on offense, it just, it expands the the range of outcomes of the game right like we've said it multiple times the the outcome of this horrible offense for this horrible defense couldn't be a, it could be a 10 to 7 stinker or it could be 40 to 35 because both defenses decide not to show up um, so I mean it's really just kind of you can make the case for Redskins or Jets as a punt defense uh, they both obviously have floors but Redskins they're a small home favorite uh, you, you can really say the same thing about about both of these teams everything else I'm gonna say but Redskins are pegged as the home favorite so that's why I'm going to lean there. Jets bottom two and uh, pass blocking efficiency Darnold has The worst interception rate amongst quarterbacks With at least 200 um, Pass attempts if you expand that out to all Quarterbacks it is Dwayne Haskins but he only Has 44 attempts on the season Uh, Only three games this year have Had a a lower over under this game Currently has an over under of 38 Uh, So yeah that's why I'm leaning uh, I'm Not touching the offensive players if if you do, because both defenses are, are horrible, probably like a pass catcher or maybe Adrian Peterson. But um, I'm not stacking this game or anything crazy like that.
1: I mean, there's just some games I don't want to have to watch. Um, yeah. I'm going to play players if they're the best option. I think, you know what? Jamison Crowder might be an option there, sure. even in FanDuel. Uh, definitely DraftKings, but I do not want to watch any of that game. That just that looks worse than Miami and Washington is what it's it pretty is. Pretty rough. It's very rough. Uh, here we go, folks. We got our game theory segment coming up in just a moment. But first, Sharp Angle Sports exclusive home for NFL selections from James Salinas, the most successful Super Contest winner of all time. He won the Westgate Super Contest in two thousand fifteen. Uh, you bring home off uh, almost a million bucks from that, so he did pretty well there. Finished third the next year, and then in 2018, he finished 26. So over the last four years, picking 85 games a year, he's got a 63.3% record against the spread. It's only one place to get James Salinas' NFL against the spread and over-under selections every week at sharpanglesports.com. Visit the site today, and don't think that that kind of knowledge – Won't help you when it comes to DFS, too. Uh, Also, Fantasy Draft, only rake-free daily fantasy site in the biz. Bringing the heat again, $250,000 guaranteed rake-free contest, the Hooters' made event. Largest and only rake-free contest anywhere for Week 11 in the NFL. Fantasy Draft's the only uh, daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time. So sign up at FantasyDraft.com, promo code 444. Get a seven-day free trial on your first $1,000 of rake free entries. FantasyDraft.com, promo code 444 4 on Fantasy Draft. So what are we doing for this game theory segment here? Trends is what I see. Tell me a little bit more, TJ.
0: Yeah, um, if you've been reading TJ's take every week on 444 4 where I recap the games or uh, we've, we've kind of touched on it a couple times here on this podcast, one thing, like when we're at this point of the season, uh, we have – a nice 10 game sample size. Uh, But we've also had a lot change throughout the season, Uh, whether it be offensive coordinators, quarterback changes, uh, depth charts, trades, all these things can make like games that happened uh, in the first few weeks, somewhat irrelevant to the data that we're looking at every week. Uh, And because of this, uh, I, I'm still going to look at season long numbers, but I'm also going to, to really focus my research in on, time frames of like four to six weeks depending on the situation for like teams like the Broncos like we talked about sometimes just a two week window since Emmanuel Sanders got traded that's relevant Um, But usually four to six weeks, four to six weeks rolling window on some of these efficiency metrics that you hear me throwing out a bunch are are going to give us a little bit more uh, accurate view of uh, what teams or or players are really doing compared to some season long numbers. And of course, I'm I'm still going to compare them to season long numbers, make sure I'm I'm not missing anything. Um, But I, I think it's it could be. It it could really be a detriment to your research if you're just looking at season-long numbers that are readily available. You can go to pretty much any data provider, any site, and get those season-long numbers, uh, whether it be target share, carries, whatever. So uh, breaking this down, taking the time to go through and break some of these trends down and and find things that stand out, I think can kind of push us – to some a, a lot of times what it does it'll push us to contrarian GPP plays just because it'll be a just a stat that's flying under the radar a trend that someone doesn't doesn't see and and that player just uh, goes unnoticed because of that. So the offensive trends
1: uh, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Low neutral passing rate first Mm -hmm. five weeks, and now they're going gonzo because uh, they got to pass the ball. They they didn't have a running back until I think Ronald Jones, but they might have found their guy finally. Arians, wants he says he wants to put him in a passing game more, which would be good for the Tampa Bay offense passing game too. So Tampa Bay, a big shift there, and then Detroit, neutral game script, right? So this isn't just from
0: Detroit falling behind. Matt Stafford's having a career year. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm that's why I always mention neutral game script because it just kind of gives us a, a snapshot of what these teams really want to do when the games are close it it eliminates those situations where they're they're down by two touchdowns and forced to throw in the fourth quarter or up by two touchdowns and just putting the ball away um, in the fourth quarter it's, it's looking when the game's close and, and these teams could pretty much do as they please they're not uh, rushing or, or their hands aren't being forced to do anything so as you mentioned like early we, we expected this Tampa Bay uh, team to be a, a high volume Volume passing offense and we didn't see that over the first half of the season if you look at their season-long numbers they're still gonna rank at or um, outside the the top half of the league in um, in something like neutral passing rate but over the last six weeks seventh highest neutral passing rate in the league and we've seen a similar shift from Detroit they started around 54 percent over the first half of the season or the first five weeks uh, the f- past five weeks sixth highest neutral passing rate in the league Uh, And and that's resulted in um, in a lot of fantasy points. Jameis exceeded 300 yards four times in that six-week span. In that same time span, Stafford third most uh, fantasy points uh, per pass attempt, which is a great efficiency metric. So both quarterbacks throwing more, throwing efficiently, uh, putting up fantasy points. Uh, You mentioned someone like Ronald Jones. I I think someone like that is only going to expand on – A trend like we're seeing right here uh with with someone like mike evans and godwin who's going to dominate targets it's going to be hard to rely on on ronald jones to get eight or nine targets every game um, but it's more options and and it was against arizona but we we saw oj howard get going last week so now all of a sudden uh they have options and, and this is a trend i think we can rely on going forward well what about the target share trends then so
1: i think you look at tight end is where he went first. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also some wide receiver notes here. But the guy that stands out to me, again, is Noah Fant. And mm-hmm. I just can't believe that he's popping in all these. You know? it's yep. He got off to such a bad start this year. He's dropping footballs. He's running the wrong route. He's up there. And Gerald Everett. I mean, every other week, just play him. Because that's you know that doesn't make sense, really, as far as <laughs> actual analytics. But every other week, he has a good game. So there right. you go. I'm just throwing that out there at you.
0: I mean we're we're chasing we're chasing the volume and the opportunity right and a lot of times the the reason I'm comparing these um, these short trend numbers to season-long numbers is because most of the time the the best players are going to pop up the 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 Kelsies the the um, the Mark Andrews the Earths they're going to stay in the top of target share but I'm looking I'm I'm running these numbers because I'm looking for players that you wouldn't expect to see or if you look at their season-long numbers uh, they're not going to show up with high high average targets or high target shares but look at the last month Gerald Everett Noah Fant their top six in target share. Uh, among tight ends someone like hunter henry who if you look at his season long numbers obviously it's not going to be high because he missed a portion of the season but hunter henry second in that span ahead of everyone except for Mark Andrews. So look at the top six tight ends in target share. we got Gerald Everett, Noah Fant, Hunter Henry, Mark Andrews. If you ask the average person on the street to name the top targeted tight ends in the league, um they'd probably give you they'd probably say Kelsey. They'd probably say Ertz. They'd probably say Darren Waller. Uh, they probably say Evan Ingram, but none of those guys over the past six weeks are in the top six in target share.
1: Oh my God, it's just been wild. Like one week it's Darren Fells, the next mm-hmm. week it's Ryan Griffin. It just always goes back. So, what about uh, the wide receiver position here? Anybody yeah, I, in particular you can point out a little bit more?
0: Yeah, we already mentioned. Um, we already mentioned a couple of these guys: DJ Moore and Hunter Henry, uh, Cortland Sutton. But I, 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 another thing I like to look at is like who's. I don't want to just look at cumulative numbers, like who's being consistent, who's – I talked about Michael Thomas, the only player in the league with 25% of his team's targets every single week. That's going to lead to a naturally high floor. Um, If we look at full season-long numbers and and you look at who hit that every week, um, you're going to miss a lot of players that might not have been doing it recently. So if we go back six weeks, uh, we have seven players that have had at least 20% of their team's targets in every single game so michael thomas and deandre hopkins You're going to expect that but you're going to miss out on the dj Moore. you're going to miss out on the Allen robinson The Cortland sutton alshon jeffrey those those are the players i'm looking for um, We don't see julio in there. We don't see uh, Tyreek in there. We don't see kelsey in there So these players are getting consistent targets uh, As part of their team shares and they're players that aren't going to be popping up every week in in a model or um in in a lineup generator or in a most podcast or or most articles because their numbers aren't popping but they've been very consistent that consistency is going to lead to games that people miss out on
1: right, i'm taking Allen robinson out of this just because he was targeted <sighs> in the end zone doesn't mean that trubisky didn't throw it in the second row what a disaster that guy is so disappointing too and um, then give
0: i i'm i'm not a uh the biggest cam newton fan but get Cam Newton to uh to the Bears just for just for
1: Allen Robinson's sake please. Ooh. And then over the last 6 weeks you got Edelman and Auden Tate. I was not aware of Edelman getting top 2 in red zone targets. Um that to me I wouldn't say it's fascinating because you know it's Julian Edelman and he's targeted there. I just didn't know that he was the guy uh that they were yeah. going to as much in the last 6 weeks. Auden Tate doesn't surprise me. I thought he and Finley would have more of a connection last week Mm -hmm. just because they were both working a lot together in the preseason. They weren't on the first team or anything like that. But uh, Tate actually does not surprise me. Believe it or not, Julian Edelman surprises me.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about specific red zone targets and and true scoring expectations. So, like, you know, some of these targets are – at the 16-yard line, he's targeted at the 10-yard line, so the, the chance of a score there isn't high, but it's still worth looking at who's getting some of this work and, and some players that we might not be expecting. So uh, Edelman with 13 red zone targets over the last six weeks, that leads the league, uh, and, and he's not a player that people are necessarily going to be Jamming into into GPP lineups, um, but he obviously is going to have some scoring upside. And then Adam Tate, uh, eleven red zone targets over the last six week, tied for second in the league. Um, you know, I'm I'm not going to like make my my the the cornerstone of my lineups the the Bengals passing attack this week, but Raiders are going to be a popular offense. Um, this week because their high implied point total. Uh, they do have arguably the worst secondary in the league and, and the Bengals uh, have a little bit of an unknown without Andy Dalton in there. So taking a shot at a guy like out Tate in a game stack is, um, it, it's worth doing. Uh, and maybe even if it's only in one or two lineups, I, I think it's it's worth a shot. And then another guy like Debo Samuel, he's tied for the sixth, both red zone targets over the past six weeks. Um, Niners get a, a, a bad secondary um, against uh, the the Cardinals this week And it's a it's an offense that The targets are spread out um, With a lot of wide receivers That aren't performing too well Emmanuel Sanders banged up uh, George Kittle might not play So even though the matchup is good I, I do think some people will be hesitant To target a 49ers wide receiver Because there just aren't many metrics That point you to the, to the direction of, of who to go after But Debo, Debo Samuel is getting targets near the goal line You know, I'm a little concerned about Garoppolo. Now, listen, this
1: obviously opens up a lot for guys like Kendrick Bourne and Mm -hmm. DJ Samuel. But in the second half, without Kittle and Samuel, Garoppolo just poofed the bed. He was horrible in the second half. They should have won that football game. So, Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Debo Samuel, actually, I kind of like that call a lot. Because even if Garoppolo's bad, he's still going to have to throw the football to somebody. And that is a sieve-like defense right there. Um Lastly, this is touch share trends. So Mm -hmm. you say nobody's accounted for a higher percentage of team touches than Adrian Peterson, Washington's favorite for the second time all year. Like the numbers say one thing, but are we allowed to use logic and say that the Redskins are just so bad? Their line is so bad. Everything is so bad that Adrian Peterson just like, there's not much of a floor and there's not much upside. Am I wrong? Uh, I'm
0: there. Yeah. You you can be wrong and right at the same time. I mean the <laughs> the, the the Redskins team is bad, but it's like I mentioned earlier when we we're talking about the defense. This team, this kind of game is going to have one of the widest ranges of outcomes um, of of any uh, any game, just because of how bad the teams are on both sides of the ball. I mean, look at two weeks ago before um, the Redskins buy Peterson had. 18 for 108 against the bills he didn't get into the end zone so it wasn't a gpp winning game but if he's accounting for such a big portion of his team's offense um, and we we think the jets defense is bad and the redskins are favored for only the second time if peterson gives you 120 and one on FanDuel at one percent like you're you're probably sitting in a pretty good spot and again it's just a the the exercise is really just to kind of get your mind outside of the status quo not just to go to the top values not to look to the chalk plays uh, because when I do run these numbers for running backs, the touch share numbers, it's pretty much gonna be the same players no matter what. It's not hard to find uh who who the most voluminous guys in the league are. And usually anybody that's a surprise is just someone that's taking over for injury. Um but I mean AP's leading the league in team touch share over a month span. That's that's pretty significant. And then someone like uh Derek Henry, uh he had a huge game last week, but no player is like more more of a workhorse role right now in the true truest definition of the term he's seen the highest backfield touch share uh in the league 88 percent of his backfield touches over the last month leads the league in that span so uh, it's he's he's going to be game script dependent but also the big games like those probably aren't a fluke
1: adrian peterson at this point in his career and he runs really hard this is like Kalen ballage dude 20 carries 43 yards mm-hmm. and this is adrian peterson to me at this point now This just could be bias because I hate the Redskins. I hate everything about them. Dan Snyder is the worst person. Well, I allegedly is the worst person in the history of the world. And Bruce Allen's right there next to him. Uh, I actually like a lot of the players and the people that work around it. But gosh, that organization is a train wreck. So then you brought up uh, Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry's been getting the job done recently.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, the, it's it, again, it's like it's not a player that I'm going to throw into um, into a cash lineup just because he's going to be um, uh, very dependent on on game script. Uh, but when when he comes, when he's available, um, and if you could find him at relatively relatively low ownership when they come back from the bye it's just it's a note to keep in mind um when he's when he's 2 weeks removed from his big game and and I don't know who they're playing in 2 weeks but uh it's just one of those notes to keep tucked away and and like you said your your bias against the Redskins bias against AP but that's that's why I I want to run these recent trends and look for names that I'm I'm not comfortable with because I'm I'm looking for the spots that I could be wrong or, or that I'm going to overlook that are going to make me uncomfortable because if I feel like that way, everybody else probably feels the same way. And, I don't need to. These guys don't need to be the the core players for me. I don't need twenty percent of Adrian Peterson. I might only need three or four percent if I have a hundred lineups. Um, and if he hits on one of those, then then I'm golden. And that I, and I'm not saying I'm playing Adrian Adrian Peterson. He's just a really good example of all of these names because he's he's a name that isn't going to be sexy again. The Corlin Sutton, the Noah Fans. I don't think those are going to get people excited. But if they're popping, I'm missing something on my first glance.
1: Like Derrick Henry is the ultimate. Uh, gpp play every single week (laughs) yeah he's fifth in rushing yards this year he is uh he's got 10 total touchdowns so he's tied for fourth with Mm -hmm. eight rushing touchdowns he's got 10 total touchdowns he's scoring a touchdown a, a game he's top five in rushing yards he really is just a guy that can win you a slate and i'm waiting for that 35 point Fanduel game that's what i'm waiting for out of him just like three touchdowns 125 yards rushing another three catches for 25 yards and just give me some money.
0: Yeah, because I mean, what? Well, even last week he had a he had a big game against the Chiefs, but it wasn't like he wasn't winning the slate. It was um, like Rojo was the one winning mm-hmm. winning the slate. But yeah, he's he's definitely capable of being the guy that wins the slate on his own for you.
1: All right, we're like uh 10 12 minutes short of what we usually do, but again, I'm battling the flu and I was no Michael Jordan tonight, but it wasn't bad. Uh sign up now, code DFSMVP, 25% off the DFS sub only. Did I was there anything else you wanted to say before I read that? Uh no,
0: you we uh we we got there.
1: All right, take us out, buddy.
0: Uh, if you like what we do, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And if you do so, we'll automatically put your name into a random drawing to get some free four for four swag. While you're on iTunes, check out four for four's other two newest podcasts: Ship Chasing, covering high stakes fantasy football leagues. That's that's coming to a close soon, with playoffs starting, and of course, Fantasy First. My partner in crime Holden Kushner covering the day's fantasy football news in 10 minutes or less if you want more of us check us out on Twitter Holden at Holden radio myself at TJ Hernandez and of course four for four at four for four football we'll talk to you guys in it's West so you know the down no man say what you say but give me that beat from Drake let me the streets of from Oakland the of Cali is where they put they Mac